Okay, everybody, welcome to the first ever Ryan Gatos podcast. And honestly, I just spent the last half hour recording the first podcast. And now I'm re-recording it because I didn't do it right. That just shows how much of a noob I am in this field. And I promise I will get better. It is Wednesday, October 24th at 104 a.m. on the East Coast right now. We're going to be talking some baseball. Since this is the first podcast, I will try and give you uh, expectations of this podcast. Uh, This is my first one. I plan on doing this almost every day. Hopefully, get into a weekly basis, business day basis, Monday to Friday. I want to build my presence as a journalist, not only through writing on Rantsports.com, which I'm a featured MLB columnist there, but also try to do podcasts and uh, more YouTube-ish kind of things. I think that if I start doing that, it will be beneficial to when I get a real job. For right now, we're starting off slow, and we're going to learn. I'm going to learn. You're going to learn. We're all going to learn through this <laughs> through this basis. Uh so first things first, since I do cover the Marlins and part of the national realm of baseball, we're going to talk Marlins first, Miami Marlins, not, you know, you go out fishing for Marlins. The Marlins decided to finally fire first-year manager Ozzie Kien Tuesday. Uh, big news because it was coming a little after a little bit of a debate between trying to get rid of Kian or President of Baseball Operations, Larry Beinfest, who we all thought was going to lose his job instead of Kian in the beginning of October. But beginning of October, uh, late September. But that didn't happen. Kian was the one to be the catalyst uh for the poorest season that the Marlins had, the Marlins were 69 and 93 this season, finishing in fifth place in the National League East. Their worst record since 1999, where they went 64 and 98, and then in 98 when they were 54 and 108. Uh, not good years for the Marlins at those times. Marlins were 72 and 90 last season with Jack McKeon as the manager, and well. Between Freddy Gonzalez, I guess, or Edwin Rodriguez and Jack McKeon, it was a weird season last season. This season got even weirder, and Guillen could not do it with players like Jose Reyes and Mark Burley and uh, Heath Bell all joining the team. They couldn't find a mojo to get themselves to the top, even after having a pretty good May. And they were hot in May, trying to get to to the first place in June, and they just couldn't do it. <clears throat> in June, they really cooled off. Eight wins, 21 losses in the month of June. One of the worst for any team, <laughs> really. Uh, and that's when you kind of know where the Marlins were descending into the pit. The pit that they were not going to get out of. And hope was slowly beginning to fade. But let's rewind a little bit. This all was starting 
back in April when Kian made comments about Cuban leader Fidel Castro. It, it upset some people in Miami because most people from Miami are Cuban. Floridians in Miami were calling for his job. They wanted Jeffrey Lawyer, the owner of the Marlins, to fire Kian after these comments made to upset the people of Miami. Loria didn't do it. Loria stuck to his guns, stuck to the person who he hired, stuck to the person who he acquired from the Chicago White Sox for two Marlin, top Marlins prospects to get Ozzie Guillen. Now, it started off rough with that and you know having to move Hanley Ramirez from shortstop to third base with Ramirez not wanting to do it and then reluctantly doing it, and then, you know, kind of tapering off in June, July, whatever. The play, the poor play of the Marlins led to some changes, to say the least. Hanley Ramirez was the big name to go, but even before that, you know, they they sent Anibal Sanchez and Omar Fonte to the Detroit Tigers for catcher Rob Brantley, big-name prospect, and Jacob Turner, another big-name pitching prospect. Big names for the Marlins that, that will do well in the future. There's no doubt about that. Then, Hanley was traded to the, to the Los Angeles Dodgers for... You know, this and that. Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, you know, Eovaldi didn't do so well this season. He was just thrown in the Marlins rotation. You know, they just want to see how many losses he could pile up before they even gave a damn. And the final few months of the season, the Marlins only managed to win 22 games. Uh, you know, they, they were there for a while. They could have... They could have been in fourth place, but they lost a big series to the Mets. And you can just tell that it was just over. It was just over. There's nobody that wanted to win anymore. Then Gian continued to run his mouth. You know, he really shouldn't have said anything. He might have kept his job if he, if he kept his mouth shut. Uh, he made comments about Toronto Blue Jays shortstop Yunel Escobar about how the homophobic slur has written in Spanish on his eye black. He sympathized with that, saying that he knew that Escobar didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay. Escobar is... A couple thousand miles away in Toronto from Miami, so there was no reason for Gian to even say anything. Reliever Heath Bell, who lost his closing job with the Marlins this season, said that it was hard to respect Gian as a manager. It it escalated from there because Gian retaliated. Guillen said it was my it was my turn this week. 
Last week it was somebody else, the pitching coach. The week before, the week before it was the catchers. The week before that it was the scouting report. When all these things pile up, then you don't have respect for someone. When you read every week, it's another excuse, another, another, all kind of stuff, he said. You have to have principles. You have to look in yourself in the mirror and blame yourself. That was a key end to Bell. Bell was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks this past weekend. And Gian was canned today. Yeah, technically yesterday, I guess. Gian will find another job somewhere. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. He won a World Series with the, with the Chicago White Sox. He will find a job somewhere. Maybe not right now, but in the future, yes, definitely. But he's carrying a reputation which could turn franchises away from him. Away from a World Series winning manager. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and you have a resume. You know, every manager has a resume. They build a resume. And you see World Series winning manager on the resume, and you're like, oh, but wait, he, he made a comment about Fidel. Oh, he sympathized with a homophobic slur. Oh, he had comments about his own team. And he took it out in the in the media. Which is another mistake. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I don't know, it's... It's not a good situation right now in Miami. And it's not like... They have a bad team. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton hit another 30-plus home runs. He's tearing it up. He's the lone bright spot for this Marlins team. I'm 10 minutes in here. I'm kind of talking really fast because I'm kind of upset that I... My last recording didn't record. And I'm just getting aggravated and tired. Who do the Marlins look for now to fill in for uh, Gian? I'm going to give you three names. And you can disagree. That's fine. Disagree. I don't care. Your opinions are your opinions are your own. My opinions are my own. This is why you're listening to this podcast, because for some strange reason you want to listen to my opinion. Three names. First name, Mike Redman, longtime catcher for the Marlins. Could be arguably the best catcher for the Marlins they ever had, aside from maybe Yvonne Rodriguez who helped them to a World Series in 03. Their second. I mean, he's a catcher. Usually, catchers have. Usually, catchers are highly regarded as becoming future managers. Uh, you see, Mike Matheny. You know what he did in St. Louis this year? Huge. Another catcher getting highly regarded, and who is also could and should be on the Marlins candidate list to fill in for Guillen. Brad Osmus. Yes, Brad Osmus. Why? Oh, is that what you're asking? Why? Okay. Osmus. K 
catcher, long-time catcher, knows how to call a game. Spent a few years with Astros, Tigers, Dodgers. Special assistant with the San Diego Padres. Uh, you know, he, he was in line to be the next manager of the Boston Red Sox when Valentine left. He was in line. He was the next one. He was a chosen one, some would say. However, I think for the Red Sox, Osmus was just a a pixel of dust in their eye. Because the Red Sox knew who they wanted. They knew who they wanted since 2010 when they reluctantly hired Bobby Valentine. And let's look at where that guy, the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox knew that Valentine wasn't the hire that they should have made. I think that if it wasn't for the Blue Jays blocking a trade or blocking Fowler from going to the Red Sox last year, prior to last season, Fowler would have been there already. But the Red Sox got their guy in John Farrell. Former pitching coach, great pitching coach for the Red Sox, did wondrous things with the Red Sox from 2007 to 2010. He will fit in mightily well. He already has high, everybody has high expectations again in Boston. But they got to get a major league team back on the field instead of a double A team. That's their first step. But we're not going to talk about the Red Sox just yet. We are talking Miami. So I think Osmus, who got high uh, recommendation from the Red Sox front office, saying he was outstanding in the interview, they just went a different direction. Uh, another name that you know you probably heard before, if you've been, if you're a Marlins fan and whatever. Uh, third base, former third baseman Mike Lowell, one of the greatest third basemen in Miami Marlins history. You have to link him to the job. Uh, no, he's he was linked. Before Guillaume was even fired, he he's even come out and said that he would love to be a manager, but not right now. Uh, Lowell said that he would like to be a manager, not right now. He would rather be a assistant or a bench coach before stepping into the shoes of, excuse me, a manager, which is reasonable. But how much money we're going to change the idea? That's the question. I'm sure Lowell, if the right offer came along, he would be willing to accept a deal. I think he'd have a bit of a longer leash than Ozzy Guillen would in Miami. And it's 
It's something that the model should look at. It's, uh... You know, anything could happen right now with the Marlins. They, they need some ray of hope in their organization. And I think it starts at the manager position because they have a lot of holes in that lineup and in that field that need to be filled. Uh, starts at the catching position. There will be a battle in spring training, I guarantee you, between the prospect Rob Brantley and John Buck. Buck is in his last season as a Marlin. He will need a huge season for the Marlins if he ever wants to get re-signed by another team ever again. If he ever wants to start another game for any other team. He's had a horrendous career with the Marlins. Horrendous. He was good with the Royals. When the Marlins signed a three-year deal, that was the start of whatever the Marlins were trying to build. He has not performed with the Marlins at all. Okay. Rob Brantley started at least 30 games for Buck towards the end of the season. Okay. With the Marlins, Buck is batting 213. Okay. It's only 98 RBIs. In just one year with Toronto, I didn't mean Royals before. He signed over from Toronto in just one season with Toronto. He batted 281. 20 home runs, 66 RBI. This season with the Marlins, he batted 192. 41 RBI, his lowest since 2009 when he was injured with Kansas City. He, his numbers are slowly declining, and it shows. It shows. And Brantley is increasing, but there are options in free agency. Mike Napoli, for one, is a big name that comes up. He will be pursued, and the Marlins are willing to spend some more money. It looks like Napoli could be a good fit in Miami. Buck will end up probably being traded somewhere. Go to first base. Marlins don't have a first baseman. Car Carlos Lee is not your first baseman. Even though Lee wants to be back in Miami, I don't think the Marlins should put all their eggs in Carlos Lee's basket. He's old. Don't try to tell me he's old. Next. They don't have Gabby Sanchez. Remember, they traded him to Pittsburgh. Next. Second base, Donovan Solano. I think he's proven himself enough. I think he could be a good throw on the base paths. Don't don't you? Third base. We know who's at shortstop. Reyes will be at shortstop for the rest of his career. We know. We don't even have to decide. We know. We don't have a third base. They don't have a third base. Not we. I'm not part of the Marlins organization. No third baseman. Murphy was released. Nick Green was released. Hanley was traded. There's no Marlins third baseman. And that's big. Will they bring up Zach Cox this spring training? Will somebody else step up? Who knows? Will they look at the free agency? We don't know. In the outfield, I'm pretty sure they're still set on Bonifacio and Morris in the outfield. Giancarlo in the outfield. Outfield is set. Pitching. 
with Will Jacob Turner and Nathan Ivaldi be in the rotation next season? Uh, probably. Will they trade Josh Johnson? Probably. I'm expecting to. I've heard a bunch of rumors on Johnson trades. Bunch of rumors. Don't get me started. This is not for right now. Bullpen is another big issue. They will have to try and get some kind of closure. You know, prospect, top prospect Jose State is coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, we'll we'll see where all that goes this coming off season. It's gonna be man, you're gonna be listening to some good podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, some good podcasts. Moving on from the Marlins. We're going to do a little World Series preview before I end the show. Very quick, because I just want to get this done and over with. And remember, I said I'm angry. <laughs> angry. Cranky. I did a whole 30-minute show before this. Whole 30-minute show. And didn't see it. And I look like the jerk. Well, the San Francisco Giants will take on the Detroit Tigers, I guess, later tonight. You can say Barry Zito on the mound for San Francisco against the all-powerful reigning AL Cy Young and AL MVP. I think American League Triple Crown won last year, too, in pitching. Uh, Justin Verlander playing with another American League Triple Crowner. Miguel Cabrera. How nice would that be if two Triple Crown winners <laughs> on the same team and the Tigers win the World Series? That would be nuts. But don't get your hopes up because I don't think the Tigers will win the World Series. I think it goes seven games. I think it definitely goes seven games. But the Giants will win. Because the Giants have more momentum going into the World Series, I think. I think that since they played seven games, they've won you know, three games in a row. Tigers won four, sure. Yes. The Tigers have had more days off than the Giants had. Giants have one day off, and plus they're starting out at home, and they have home field advantage. Have you, If you've watched the playoffs this season, the National League uh, Championship Series, Giants fans are nuts. They stayed out in the rain last uh, two nights ago to watch Game 7. They had a 9 nothing ball game. They watched. They were in the rain. Even for the ceremony when Marco Scuro was named NLCS MVP, they watched. Those fans are nuts. Nuts. You will never see that in Yankee Stadium. Not anymore, at least. Tiger, Comerica Park. Yeah, you'll probably see that. But I think Giants fans... Are better than Tigers fans. I think the Giants will have more of a home field advantage. As for the pitching, I think game one will actually be given to the Tigers. I think Verlander, I don't think anybody can hit Verlander. He's, Eduardo Nunez was lucky to hit a home run off of him. 0.87 ERA, 23 strikeouts against the, Oak, against the Oakland A's in two starts. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. 3-0. 
There's no way Giants are going to touch Verlander. Verlander will get game one and game five. I think he wins both of them. Uh, but I think the Giants win the series. In seven, it will go seven games. I, I don't know. Scooter has been hot, but I don't know if he's going to win World Series MVP. I'm not going to make that decision yet. We'll see how this goes. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot more baseball to talk about tomorrow. Here's a few things you can do for me. Subscribe to me. Subscribe to this podcast. It will help me out a tremendous amount. The second thing you do, go to YouTube. RGTV27, I think that's my username. I'm not sure. You should probably just search my name. You'll find me. Uh, subscribe to my channel. I'll be doing videos now. I have really no shame anymore. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Gatos. That's where you can, that's where you can reach me the most. Is there? Talk to me. I talk back. Unless you know you're acting like a jerk, but usually I talk back. Uh, and just keep reading and keep listening. This is the first ever Ryan Gatos podcast episode. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you tomorrow night. I won't see you. I'll be talking to you tomorrow night. Good night, folks.